everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Eliza Kelly, and I am so excited. Today, I am introducing a very special guest. Her name is Claire Comstock Gay, and she writes horoscopes under the name Madame Clairvoyant. It's nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, your name is so, Ma Madame Clairvoyant is so elusive. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't know what you're going to get when you're messaging back with Madame Clairvoyant. <laughs> I know, it's funny. I didn't do that on purpose, and I'm very aware now, right? Like, people don't necessarily know what I look like. I don't live in New York, so I'm not around. I once saw a tweet that someone was like, when I imagine Madame Clairvoyant, I picture this, like, mysterious white cat giving me advice yeah fair. right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could it uh, so I'm curious um before we get into even the f the greater narrative of who you are and how you started doing all of the things that you do um did you always work with pseudonyms you know I didn't I mean I started writing horoscopes kind of under the pseudonym more as a jokey thing than as right an intention to disguise my real self um and it wasn't ever something right that I was really committed to I guess and so it was kind of just organic so how did you get started doing these horoscopes how did uh tell us about the journey of your astrology practice where you found yourself um doing the horoscopes for the cut which have become extremely I mean they're super popular horoscopes people love them you have quite a cult following surrounding them um so what is what is your origin story yeah um it's kind of a funny one I think it's a little bit different than a lot of astrologers that I know right I like as a kid I totally just thought it was horrible because all the Sagittarius descriptions were like absolutely not what I saw about myself Right. And when you're that young, you don't know that there are other things than just the sun sign. So you read like Sagittarius. You're so fun loving. You're so athletic. And I'm like a depressed teen. Who's <laughs> like, No, not me. Must be all fake. Um, and so, right. So I get older. I grow up. I moved to New York after college. And I'm in kind of a social scene where you need to be conversant in astrology a little bit. Right. Kind of like a feminist, punk, queer social world where people want to know your signs. So I joke about how much I'm not a Sagittarius and at that point, people say to me, okay, well, what's your rising sign, right? And at that point, I look it up and I find that I'm a cancer and it really nails all the things that I believe about myself, right? Um, you know, really moody, really private, really nurturing, really kind of weird and internal. Um, and that made so much sense. So that was the point where I kind of changed my mind a little bit and went deeper into it. And so at that point, then a friend of mine who was editing for a website asked me to write horoscopes for them and I felt kind of like well I don't really know how to do that and at this point where you are you pursuing a path as a writer do you have a job totally um so I'm kind of writing like privately and secretly for myself and I'm working all kinds of jobs right I worked in a deli I worked for a weird um like mail order underwear company in New Jersey <laughs> <laughs> I did um I worked in a homeless shelter right just all sorts of things um and so I wasn't kind of pursuing anything really and you did you know that you weren't pursuing anything were you trying to figure it out yeah I was trying to figure it out cool yeah. so you so somebody asked you to write horoscopes for this for a weird website yeah it's called the rumpus it's kind of a literary website and from there how did how did how did you start writing horoscopes and and what were the how did it evolve yeah, so I kind of wrote, right, just the horoscopes that I would have liked to read, right? I am so interested in, like, not the practical daily life things, right? And a lot of the horoscopes that I was aware of at that point, aside from, you know, maybe Rob Bresney's, but a lot of them were, here's a good day to have that big relationship talk. Here's a good day to take a day off work. Here's a good day to do whatever. And that wasn't interesting to me. I wanted the feelings, right? I wanted the emotions. I wanted to be moody like my cancer rising <laughs> sign, right? Um, and so it was kind of just a fun way initially for me to delve into that, that side of things. Um, and I never imagined at all that, right, that was in 2012. I never imagined that I would still be writing them now at all. I thought it would be a fun thing to do for a year or two. And I really just got deeper and deeper into astrology and really 
just found that I liked writing them so much. So how did you start working with the cut? Um, so it was kind of a <laughs> twisting path, I guess. So I decided to stop writing for The Rumpus just because I'd been doing it for a long time. That was in 2015. Um, and a friend of mine connected me with another small website called The Toast. And so I thought I would do it for them just because. And then that website closed down and somebody from The Cut got in touch with me when they shut down and asked if I would um, write for them. And it was funny because I really, I thought it was a sign. I was like, this is the sign. Great. This website's shuttering. That means I won't do these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, real talk. Do you like writing horoscopes? Yes. I know a lot of, <laughs> I know it's a funny topic, I think, for astrology people. I really do. It's really hard. It's really it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking with uh, Rebecca Gordon, I think in her episode, we were talking about how much of a an endurance test it is to write horoscopes it is so to, to go and barrel through all of the 12 signs to keep the content original that's yeah uh, to to like create these individual worlds um while you're still also at the same time talking about the same transits totally oh, it's hard it really yeah it's no joke yes you have to be a have a very very creative mind in order to create good <laughs> horoscopes I think yeah I think it's really I definitely go through periods where I just feel like my brain is a sponge right and everything is out of there right and it's like I'm out I've got nothing left I've said all of the things I can possibly say about all these signs and then it swings back of course so where do you how do, what is the process that you use to write your horoscopes um I mean right so I do I do like a solar chart, but mostly it's pretty intuitive, right? I'm, I don't have kind of points that I want to touch on in the chart. I don't have specific a specific process so much. I'll just look at it and kind of feel whatever's coming up, which is not very descriptive, I think, but that's the only way I can do it. And do you do them all in one sitting? Do you space them out? I do. I usually take kind of a day per week. Um, maybe a day and a half where I just sit down and really do it. At what point, what is like the milestone sign that you get to and you're like, okay. You know, I, honestly, I do them in different orders every week. You do? Yeah. I was just with um, the Astro Twins earlier today and Tali was saying that she also does them uh -huh. in different orders and my Virgo Mars brain, I guess, just like could never even fathom <laughs> like, that what? as an option. You're like, allowed to do that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> there is an order. Uh, <laughs> so it's, I, I guess, now double enforcement that there could be other ways of, yeah. of doing it. It's never a random order. Like sometimes I'm like, I need to do the fire signs first this week. I started writing horoscopes. The first time I was tasked to write horoscopes was back in, I believe, also 2012. And I hated it. <laughs> um, and then when Allure contacted me to do to write their weekly horoscopes um, a few years, 2015, um, I was like, no, like I hate <laughs> horoscopes. I don't want to do them. And then, you know, but it was a great opportunity. Right. I'm very grateful that I took it and did not was not just like a stubborn bitch about it <laughs> but and now I write the monthly horoscopes for Cosmo and I, I work on other various projects where I create horoscope content but um man it is it's tough it's tough I've definitely I know there are people who will write multiple kinds of horoscopes for different outlets and my limit is like I can't do more than one right or like I can't do dailies I mean dailies ever <laughs> <laughs> So do you, is this your full-time work now? Um, it is. I mean, so writing's my full-time work now. It's not only the horoscopes. I write um, a monthly advice column for the Astrology App Sanctuary, and I'm writing, or I've just finished writing a book that's going to come out in April. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about your book. <laughs> um, so it's called Madame Clairvoyant's Guide to the Stars, and it's kind of essays about the signs. What I really wanted to do when I decided to write this book, or it was kind of write the book that I would have loved to have when I was younger and couldn't get into astrology because it felt too, right? Like, I'm a Sagittarius. I like the big picture. <laughs> I don't want the, like, you are X, Y, and Z. Yeah, don't right? put baby in a corner. Don't put baby in a corner. <laughs> um, 
So it's essays about the signs kind of through the lens of my own life and kind of clustered groups of cultural figures who all have that sun sign. And so like the Aries chapter is about all these pop divas, right? With their sun and Aries. Who is your favorite Aries sun? Okay, everyone, but I think Celine Dion just like oh, gets she's me. Such a she's good so one. great. Yes, she's. So, did you watch the this the recent interview with her? No, um, which oh no, not yet. Peanut butter jelly time. Yeah, I I had to create a meme about that, and I think the caption was like, "When an Aries gets excited, and she <laughs> really embodies the spirit of Aries. She just does. like goes off, has so much enthusiasm. She loves fucking peanut butter. And she, she loves everything. She lo- like, but also, so does Mariah Carey. Yes, another amazing another Aries one who, who loves I, things. Yes, um, Mariah Carey I, is usually my example uh-huh. Aries exemplar. Uh, because of the way that she um, s- like so um, militantly loves Christmas. Yes. And I feel like that's a really Aries thing um, <laughs> <laughs> to like need to like want everyone to celebrate and not just celebrate, but celebrate in her style with her music in, in the Mariah Carey celebration. <laughs> totally. I always think my Aries moment is kind of Celine Dion on stage at the... Um, oscars whatever year the titanic came out and she's singing my heart will go on in that turtleneck dress and pounds her chest oh my god yes 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 yeah she's a i was actually going down to celine dion after the peanut butter jelly time uh uh, rabbit hole not that long ago on wikipedia she's a very interesting story she is a strange and wonderful person she's very much an alien yes um (laughs) very magical very aries who let would you, should we go through this? I think it would be fun to go through all of and talk about. We haven't done oh, this yeah. on Stars Like Us. Taurus, who are your favorite Taurians? Um, Cher. Yes. <laughs> yes. All time favorite. And she's a little bit tricky because I think people don't think of her so right. She's got so much the external diva about her. But she's just so luxurious in her life and no one can tell her what to do at all. It's just wonderful. I saw her um, perform recently. Oh, my God. It was the best. It was in a giant hockey arena, and I was the very last row of seats, right? Um, And it was great. She's so old and just doing her stuff. Yeah, she's an amazing Taurus. She has that, like, um, I mean, she really does have that sort of venusian she captures that venusian sensibility so perfectly like she just seems to exist in her body so luxuriously yes absolutely um i like the rock as well i talk about the rock he's one of my people in my book amazing yeah yes he's and he has a bull tattoo also yes so he's a wonderful taurus example i was watching just random clips of him in wrestling matches um and he's always wearing you know his like wrestling underwear with a bull like a sparkly bull on the butt. Really? It's, yes. <laughs> he loves it. Tauruses love being Tauruses. It's true. And they should. Why not? They should. I love Tauruses. I once, when I was working um, at the homeless shelter, we had a staff meeting once, and the icebreaker question was, what's your sign? And I swear to God, like 75% of the people in there were Tauruses. It was so weird. Interesting. I have seen more Taurus-Taurus couples than any other same really? sign couple. Yes. I love it. Yes. There's... Taurus Taurus has a they really get each other they can they both are like we just want to make sure that we have a comfy couch we can like fart on and (laughs) and there's more to Taurus than just that (laughs) please don't at me (laughs) obviously but Taurus gets each other's wavelength totally Um, and when they mesh it's very perfect I also like George Clooney as a Taurus oh is he a Taurus too that makes so much sense and I use the example of his tequila brand Uh to show how he likes luxury he likes luxury it's true um, and then we go to Gemini. Who? Where do we begin where do with we Gemini? Begin? So many perfect Geminis There's out there. Th- yeah. Um, to me, it's Prince. <laughs> That's a good one. Right. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I have to, as a Minneapolis transplant, I have to rep Prince now. As a former <laughs> Minnesota resident, I, I'm always down to rep But Prince. he's such a Gemini. Yes, he is such a Gemini. Where do you see his Gemini come out? I mean, I think just the charm, right? Like, just kind of the sociability. Everyone loves him. He works with all these different people and really kind of connects with other artists nicely. 
and just like the charisma it's so all over the place it's so air energy yeah i um i really love the thinking about gemini as these mercurial creatures and i mean gem they're wordsmiths so you know bob dylan is a gemini mm-hmm. notorious big is a gemini tupac um azalea banks um obviously we have Andre 3000, obviously we have Kanye West, Kanye West. obviously we have Trump yeah. and Giuliani Boris and Johnson Pence and Johnson. <laughs> so, you know, the, the twinsies, obviously Gemini is very uh, loquacious. They're very good with words and they have an ability to manipulate language mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think that Gemini deserve to get all of the shit that they get? Of course not. <laughs> Trick question. Yeah. The answer is yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love Gemini. We, we love our Gemini friends. But I think that there is something to be said for having that incredible mercurial power. Um, like all of the signs, your superpowers can be used for evil if you yeah. so choose to. So instead of just trying to shock people, <laughs> like a shock jock DJ <laughs> as a Gemini. It's good to use those to um, create beautiful art that people can enjoy and appreciate yeah. and beautiful books. <laughs> uh, cancer. I feel like all of the cancers, I mean, there's so many just really lovely cancers. Um, like I think Solange Knowles is such a lovely cancer, right? Like just that loving energy, the like kind of deep water loving energy um there are a lot of poets who I really like who I feel like are really cancery um June Jordan just loved the world in such a cancer way right like we think about kind of the house we think cancer is so domestic focused and I love June Jordan because her whole thing was kind of like the world is my home, right? The world is all of our home and I'm going to love everyone in the world like my family and like this is my home, which is just lovely. And and very Cancerian. Right. I think that there is an interesting phenomena of some of the best comedians being Cancers. So Larry David is a Cancer. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams was a Cancer. Will Ferrell is a Cancer. Um, and I, I think that because Cancers are have that protective outer layer when they choose to how they choose to dress themselves you know and dress that outer layer can ultimately end up creating this incredible self-reflective comedy Mm -hmm. um because if you even look at you know what is the similarity between those three comedians like they all are very like aware you know i think even will ferrell and um larry david are completely different but they are super aware mm-hmm. of like w- the character that they are portraying. That's so, I hadn't totally put that together, but you're so right about the comedians. And it makes so much sense, right? That like the best comedy, like there's got to be that streak of vulnerability in it, right? Ricky Gervais also. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yes. Wow. My crazy brain <laughs> memorizing everybody's signs <laughs> on the planet. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then let's talk about Leos. Let's talk about Leos. You go first. This is your territory. Mm, I think Madonna is a great Leo. She's a great Leo. (laughs) I think Barack Obama is a great Uh Leo. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Madonna and Barack Obama. (laughs) No, I I feel like, um, well, on my birthday, I was born with some interesting, I was born on the same birthday as... Patrick Swayze, which oh. is an interesting one. Oh, that's a nice one. Yes. Um, there's someone else whose name I can't remember right <laughs> now, but <laughs> all, we also share a birthday. Um, and I feel like there's, oh, Steve Carell is also a Leo. I feel like Leos in showbiz are not necessarily easily spottable because we're dealing with show business and uh-huh. entertainment to begin with. So it's not like, of course, like, you know, they Leo because they're in that they're industry, in business, right? but it's not um, so in your face as maybe even Aries is when they're in that <laughs> space. What do you think? 
I think, and this is what I talk about in my book, um, like movie directors. There's so many of them. Interesting. Right? Yeah, like Hitchcock, Stanley oh, Kubrick's yeah, yeah, yeah. Leo. Fascinating. Yeah, David O. Russell, Christopher Nolan, like a lot of the big Ken Burns, a lot of the like big kind of blockbuster guys are Leos. Fascinating. And it's really interesting, right? Because it makes so much sense that you're like dramatic and bossy. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And it also makes sense why it's like there's too many other actors uh -huh. there's too many other singers like i need to be a producer i need to, I need to be a director the show like, i need to run be the show because the, that's the only way right i'll be, in, I'll be truly in the spotlight right, like yeah. whose name is on the very top of the thing right right so um, fascinating and greta gerwig's leo also that's a good one that's a, yeah um does greta gerwig put herself in her movies you know i don't think she does a la at alfred hitchcock right <laughs> the most leo thing the you most do. leo thing you can do. Oh. I, i'm gonna just embed myself as a little trick for everyone <laughs> you guys are gonna love you're, got, you're gonna love me. this <laughs> <laughs> where's me <laughs> um okay virgos virgos um i feel like all of the virgos that i love the most um Right. They're not so much like celebrities. Right. Um, but like a lot of really wonderful kind of activists and like political writers and stuff are Virgos. Like my favorite is David Wojnarowicz, um, who, right, he's a visual artist. He's um, a writer. He's an activist. And his writing is just so lovely and so precise and so kind of focused on telling the world precisely and truly what do you think about Beyonce being a Virgo oh classic Virgo <laughs> classic Virgo um I always feel like oh yeah of course right too obvious for me to even say Beyonce <laughs> Virgo <laughs> yeah it's interesting because we have Beyonce Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson I saw the fucking documentary so I know there's a lot of other shit going yeah. on but all three are Virgos, and there's a very strong similarity between all of these as well, which is the work ethic. The work ethic is really... Yeah, and, like, just the meticulousness and the production and, like, just making sure that everything is um, is refined. Every motion is refined. Every well, chord really, is refined. And, like, with Beyonce's voice in particular, right, she has such tight control over her voice. When you listen, she's doing all these really focused things with her voice as this instrument right like nothing is kind of an accident it sounds like it's, yeah 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 and like i mean her choreography yes i mean uh, and then her the, the music video she produced oh, yes it's, it's so <laughs> meticulous it's like such detailed detail i also think that it's interesting to recall amy winehouse is a virgo um, oh you're right yes she was a virgo with i believe a gemini moon um, Amy, Amy, I know so mercurial, so smart, but in the documentaries that I have seen of her, she also is saying before she became famous, like, uh, I wouldn't really want to be famous. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I could handle it. And it is, you know, you could take someone like Beyonce and, you know, she's somebody who learned how to scale that attention to detail mm -hmm. but it's hard to scale that attention to detail you have to be really resilient in order to do it mm -hmm. because virgos are so precise They're so yeah so we love you virgos out there we think you're brave <laughs> virgos <laughs> Keep are dancing. brave it's true <laughs> Keep dancing. <laughs> that's the affirmation for bernie sanders our another virgo yes yes <laughs> keep dancing bernie. keep dancing bernie <laughs> <laughs> um okay libra oh libra's so fun um i really love the kind of connection the um right gwyneth paltrow is a libra obviously obviously um she plays emma alicia silverstone who plays Cher horowitz based on emma is also a libra isn't that great yes. and both of those characters are such libras too. yes totally yeah. So Venusian, so airy. So airy, so social, so popular, so, so beloved, so beautiful. 
Yeah. Um, um, I think Oscar Wilde is like, I, I cannot believe he, I mean, I can so believe he's a Libra, <laughs> but it's also like, how is astrology so amazing? It's so, like, it is. <laughs> Oscar Wilde, who so literally well. wrote the book on aestheticism <laughs> and like what it means to be a dandy and what it means to be like beautiful just for the sake of being beautiful. Like, of course you're of a fucking course Libra. You're a Libra. <laughs> I also truly love Cardi B as Libra, right? She's yes. just so like her videos and she's like all right everyone listen up and she's got her nails done and she's got her like long eyelashes and it's just i love it and of course kim kardashian kim kardashian she also i mean is she a modern day oscar wilde Ooh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we saying here is this groundbreaking <laughs> maybe i don't know yeah, are we geniuses <laughs> are we geniuses did we crack it i mean it, i guess you know the seeing the facade as substance is i think what the libra scales are totally. really all about totally totally um okay so let's move on to scorpio who scorpio. are your favorite scorps my favorite scorpios are like punk singers cool kind of up and down right like kathleen hannah um right and kind of like the weird punk singers i feel like there's a connection right where like Aries is the singer who's like loud and in your face with the Mars energy, right? And Scorpio's got the Mars influence in the kind of like weirder, darker way. Mm -hmm. um, so there's Kathleen Hanna. There's um, like Karen O oh from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. That's a good one. Um, right? With like her gloves and crying at the microphone. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, Lord is also a Lord is little, a, little yes, Lord. Little Lord. I hope she's doing well. I'm sending her love wherever she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Jenner. Christian I mean is I actually was thinking the other day like I'm sorry but is the world run on Chris Jenner like <laughs> is this what all because I was looking at the 2020 transits and like you know we have Saturn connecting with Pluto we have Jupiter connecting with Pluto we have all of this incredible Plutonian energy and somehow I guess Chris Jenner popped into my mind because <laughs> she is so Plutonian to me and I was like oh my god like <laughs> is this all about Chris Jenner are we living in a Chris Jenner world um and I am a Chris Jenner girl and <laughs> she has orchestrated this entire thing I mean she saw her, like her daughter made a sex tape and she was like fabulous let's sell it to E like let's get them all involved let's make a whole family uh -huh. let's do extensions of the family I mean she's Ooh, a mastermind. She's a mastermind. But behind it, you know, she's involved, but it's not, she's not the front she's facing. Not the face, right. So it's just so very Scorpionic. <laughs> um, who are some other good Scorpios? Um, Drake. <laughs> Such a good one. Drake is a very moody Scorpio. Moody Scorpio. So let's move on to Sagittarius, where we have a bounty to choose from. We truly do. I feel like you. me, first of all, first and <laughs> foremost, first me. me. <laughs> um, I really love, and I feel like there are multiple examples of this, um, right? Like the Sagittarius woman dramatically cutting off all of her hair. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of my emblematic thing, right? Where you're like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm cutting off my hair. So like Britney Spears, most classically, um, Arundhati Roy right won the booker prize for her novel and then was like everyone just thinks i'm this like hot young woman so fuck you guys i'm cutting all my hair off um sinead o'connor did basically the same thing miley cyrus miley cyrus wow <laughs> this is interesting yeah do you think christina aguilera would count when she sings beautiful yes <laughs> <laughs> in a word yes perfect <laughs> Um, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. I really love kind of the Sagittarian pop star doing alter egos. Taylor right? Swift. Taylor Swift, yeah. Um, and like Miley Cyrus, right? Like really literally with Hannah Montana, but also mm. kind of just stylistically with her like sometimes successful, mostly not that successful, right? Like weird stylistic. Mm-hmm. Deciding like, to be a rapper. Well, with Sag, you're we're always on a quest for knowledge. Right. So Sag is always willing to experiment because they're like, oh yeah, I'd love to explore totally. that. I'd love like, to I explore anything. The I country genre right. right now, which then if we look back, like that totally explains a lot of Miley's choices. Exactly. It really does. <laughs> it also explains Taylor Swift's. Mm -hmm. You know, she also has somebody who has moved through many different phases. Mm -hmm. I'm not a T 
T-Swift listener myself, but she's, you know, a contemporary. She, we're the same age, 1989. So I, I see her. Yeah. I see what she's doing. Right. And I really think it's so much. There's the quest for knowledge and kind of on the flip side, the like restlessness and refusal to be contained. And I think that's both just so present yes. in a lot of these musicians. And then there is Brad Pitt. And then there's Brad Pitt. <laughs> wow, he fits in perfectly. <laughs> Who was with uh, Gemini Queen Angelina Jolie. Yes. Classic Sag Gemini. Yeah. yeah. Sag, my parents were Sag Gemini. Really? Well, are, but no longer I mean, as parents. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, they uh, Tough having mutable parents. Tough. Yeah. I've got, like, everyone in my family is just strong water energy. Right. Is um, that Scorpio? Scorpio and Pisces. Wow. Yeah. And I've got right the cancer and I've got some Scorpio. And then my fire side is like, ah, Love it's the- too wet in here. <laughs> <laughs> too moist. <laughs> Turn on the humidifier. <laughs> um, are, are we missing any? Go- I mean, there's so many good Sages. There's so many good we, Sages. We can't say them all. We yeah. couldn't possibly, even if we wanted to. But Jeff Bridges, I guess, is the last good Sage oh. that I will mention. The last good Sag. The last good Sag. Um, Because then we get into Capricorns. Capricorn. Cappies. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Queen of the Capricorns. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. Um, Some other. Kate Moss. Kate Moss is a Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And I found this little tidbit out when I was writing my mixology book. But the uh, espresso martini was believed to have been invented when <gasps> Kate Moss came into a bar in London and said, I want, I'm not even going to try to do a British accent, so <laughs> I, but I'm going to allude to it in a freaky way. I want to drink that will wake me up, then fuck me up. And then the espresso <laughs> martini was born. I'm so delighted. <laughs> <laughs> really and where am. would we be today without the espresso martini? Truly, where? <laughs> hard, hard to say. I, I mean, it's a massive cultural movement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she is a very good Capricorn. I January like Jones, another good Cap. LeBron James is Ooh, a really nice a Cap. Yeah. I really like Elvis as a Capricorn. Yes, me too. Especially because he had a ring that was TCB, taking care of business. <laughs> literally like all he was working on (laughs) just taking care of it but i'm gonna bedazzle that as a concept because it's so my motto (laughs) i feel like the elvis dolly capricorn connection is really nice with their like kingdoms right yes but capricorns we see them in a lot of instances um behind the scenes Mm -hmm. too they are not necessarily always going to be the attention seekers Mm -hmm. i really like um like Susan Sontag as a Capricorn is really interesting to me right because the stereotype right is Capricorn's all about money but Susan Sontag was all about just power of a totally different kind right but still in a really Saturn really Capricorn way mm-hmm. I there is a, a very good Capricorn whose name is escaping me right now but it it falls within that but that actually is a good segue into Aquarius. Aquarius. I I feel like everyone I love most in the world is an Aquarius. I just can't get enough. They're so weird. Do you want to list their personal names and social security numbers for us? All right, let's go. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's going to be at some point. Um, for some reason, the first one that pops in my head is Shakira. Oh, I love it. She, I love it. She just came by. And now it's Abraham Lincoln. And now it's Oprah. Oprah. I like <laughs> Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, is she? Mm-hmm. I love... Um, John Travolta. David Lynch. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a so good one. Weird. That's weird. Um, he's a good Aquarius. Yoko Ono. <sighs> Amazing. <laughs> right. Amazing. I love a Yoko Ono Aquarius moment. That is... Totally. I just actually... Uh, today... Today, I just reposted something of hers because she is one of my favorite living artists. It's true. She's great. Um, John Lennon had an Aquarius moon, which I think is nice. And he was in he Lovely was Libra. Libra. Yeah. Give Peace a Chance. I know. Oh, my God. So <laughs> earnest. So earnest. And then it, with Yoko and then being the Aquarius like, of like, well, sure. Well, and I feel like, don't you get the sense that he really was hungry for like 
Aquarius weirdness in his life, right? Definitely. Um, so I just find that so nice. And Paul McCartney is also one of these Geminis. Uh-huh. Yes. So it's a lot of air. Yes. A lot of air in the Beatles. <laughs> I believe that George Harrison was a Sag. Was he? That makes sense. But I could be wrong. But I did just think, I remember that um, Jimi Hendrix is a very important Sag. Yes. And I also just remembered the Capricorn that I was thinking about before, who is Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin, of course. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, any other Aquarians that are super important? If I was listening to this episode and there was a person of that sign who we weren't saying, I would actually be screaming. Oh, I know. I'm at, going to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to walk out the door and be like, oh, my God. Other Aquarians. Oh, um, I feel like Jackson Pollock was an Aquarius, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's a good right. one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Abstract expressionism. Uh-huh. Splattering Classic. paint all over. <laughs> <laughs> so rugged. <laughs> that's another don't put baby in a corner. <laughs> I feel like this is why I love aquarians is the like don't your baby i'm baby yeah what's <laughs> putting either one of us in a corner and also why i secretly connect so well with taurus people right because it's like a totally different kind of modality but still just like no one will tell me what to do yeah that's so interesting um i do often think about the relationship between sag and aquarius because sag is you know, I'll if I'm writing, for instance, horoscopes, <laughs> I'll be saying, you know, you love, you need space, you are a free thinker, you need uh, independence, mm-hmm. which are a lot of the same attributes that we see with Aquarius. Totally. Um, but they, there's different reasons behind them, which yes. I think is so fascinating. Uh-huh. You know, Sag is so it wants the space to explore, mm-hmm. and Aquarius wants the space so that it can, like observe yes and but they can ultimately like link up together because both really respect that in another there's a lovely fusion of energies there i do feel like my you know fire gets very um right aquarius can be so distant right they want to observe they want to see it all but there can be a a distance there and i'm like come on let's go yes (laughs) like we're right here let's go yes um Annabelle Gatt once described Aquarius to me as um, a farty, smelly room <laughs> because it's That's it's so it's Annabelle. fixed air. <laughs> so you have to open the window sometimes uh-huh. in the Aquarius room. Yeah. No offense to any Aquarius. Sorry listeners. to everyone who whose social security just... number I just gave. Out of. <laughs> <laughs> she slid them to me. <laughs> um, okay. Last but not least, Pisces. So to me, the like absolute king of the Pisces is Mr. Rogers. Oh, <laughs> right. Stop. 29 degree Pisces too. I know. Anoretic degree yes. Pisces. It's at all. I just, I was actually just looking at his chart today. Um, so much 12th house. Pisces, 29 degrees. So sensitive. So otherworldly. So otherworldly. Oh, he is really a, a fabulous Pisces. Yeah. Just so compassionate. <laughs> and then Steve Jobs, also a Pisces. Steve Jobs, that's you know who, right. You know who's a fucked up Pisces? Oh, I don't. Harvey Weinstein. Oh, God. I think about that a lot. That's, I think about that a lot, not just with him, obviously. Um, right, but I love being like, oh, I love so-and-so. I love so-and-so. But there's also these awful <laughs> monster people in every single one of the signs, too. Right? Yes, and I also just remembered who I share my birthday with, Roman Polanski. Oh, no. <laughs> Leo, no, movie directors. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Revalidated again. Now I know what I'm going to do if this whole astrology thing doesn't work out for me. You can do it, yeah. (laughs) Movie director. (laughs) Showbiz, baby. Showbiz. (laughs) Um, Yes, there's there's fucked up people in all of the signs. There's the variations when the signs go rogue. Uh And they end up in their worst. Just the worst version. They're doing the worst things with it. I mean, we we talked about that a little with the Gemini stuff, too. Totally. We could go back through it and talk about horrible people of all the signs. (laughs) But (laughs) we focus on the positive. Yeah. It is funny that Gemini and Scorpio a little bit get all the heat, right? But there's no bad sign. It's just bad stuff in all of them. Yes, exactly. And... What I always tell my clients is that 
um, astrology is 1% nature and 99% mm-hmm. nurture. So, so much of it has to do with what you're doing totally with your chart and with your configurations. Um, you have choice, you know, to right. use it for good or bad. Right. And it's funny, people, right, people who are into astrology understand this really intuitively, I think. And it's the people who are resistant to astrology who have this impression that we're telling them, right, like, you're doomed, the stars doom you. Um, but that's something that you don't see in actual astrology world at all, right? Yeah. It's just a fearful projection. Yeah, I, I mean, I recently was working on a project and... Um, the ask for the project was to make the horoscopes or the content that I was creating more quote unquote fortune cookie. And it was so interesting because like, okay, I can do that. And I could be like, watch out, (laughs) banana peel at 12 o'clock, you know, but it's to me, it's like, it's one, it's a lot easier and a lot less thoughtful than doing the type of work that, I do now that most contemporary astrologers are doing, which is more introspective, thoughtful, right. reflective, personality-driven work, which is obviously a byproduct of the 20th century's interest in psychoanalysis uh-huh. and then wellness um, coming after that. That sort of didactic, um, prescriptive horoscope is so retro. It's so retro. <laughs> it really is, yeah. But, you know, maybe there was actually something almost refreshing about that ass because I was like, like oh, okay sure. <laughs> I could just say weird shit uh-huh. I, the worst case scenarios of these okay that's so funny yes but that's not the way that we usually interact with astrology content right. and I certainly don't I think that if it was just that prescriptive <laughs> gimmicky way of, of presenting it I think a lot of people would still be uh, see it as this very limiting mm-hmm. language as opposed to how it really is used today, which is almost like an ever-expanding language. It's so expansive, yeah. I think that uh, there is a lot of things that I wanted to describe and say and communicate, and astrology was the only language that I could really use to like fill in those gaps. Totally, totally, me too, yeah. It was, the because there isn't, other than astrology, we don't really have a language that explains all of the other stuff, you know? Right. Well, and I think, right, there's this tendency to um, kind of think that our personalities are, like, perfectible, right? Not in astrology, but in kind of pop culture more broadly, right? And, like, if we just work hard enough, we will be, like, the best type of person. And astrology is so wonderful in that there's this built-in space for, like, there's so many types of different people, right? And I think that's such a basic thing, but such a kind of refreshing way to be able to see myself and other people too right and to not blame other people for being different than I wish they were and it's just like okay it's acceptance yeah right right. it's recognizing that my needs are different than your needs and your needs are different than (laughs) mine so basic and so weirdly radical yes I mean I think that that is why one of the things that I love reinforcing so much is that astrology is empathy Mm -hmm. and I think you know I deeply believe in empathy education I don't think that I think it's empathy is something that is learned yes um and if we look at you know the social climate socio-political climate of today we see that there are a lot of people out there who are educated who come from money who have resources and the one thing they're lacking is empathy. Mm-hmm. So this is something that is not just, you know, this is this is an epidemic that needs to be addressed in all different, I- in all different demographics, right? We need empathy education in public school and private school and charter school because we all need to figure out how to get along with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can't just be certain groups of people who understand <laughs> what empathy means right. and feels like, feels like and looks like. <laughs> so... For me, that is, you know, when somebody wants to be an asshole and start challenging me based on, you know, astrology or whatever, (laughs) which I really do not have the time or patience for. Um, I mean, to sum it up quickly, it's like, okay, well, you'd pick a tool. Well, (laughs) I mean, I kind of love it when people challenge me because it's like, 
I don't know what you're trying to do here, but it makes literally no difference to me, right? Like, <laughs> so give me an example of some what someone will say when they challenge you. I also you're you're now living in Minneapolis. Yes. Um, I haven't been back to. Well, no, that's not true. But I di- I've have I'm not living in Minneapolis as I've since I've been working as an astrologer. Um, do you find that people react to it differently in Minnesota than in New York? Um, I mean, it's hard to say, and this is like a little bit of a weird Minnesota specific thing, but it's so insular in a lot of ways there. So basically everyone I know in Minnesota is not from Minnesota, right? Um, and so people are coming from other cities and very similar to here, I guess. I do, right? Like I worked, um, when I first moved out there, I was working a day job at like a legal aid office. And I definitely did not breathe a word of it to anybody <laughs> there, right? <laughs> and that's when Madame Clairvoyant comes in handy. It truly, and that wasn't a plan, but especially for that and when I was doing kind of client-facing, like, social work. Like, thank goodness, at that point, none of these <laughs> teenagers on my caseload could Google me, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, but I do, I'm a little bit um, cautious just about what I say if I'm not feeling... <laughs> Like, I want to get into it potentially with somebody, right? Yeah. Um, but I kind of love it, right? People really like talking about, like, well, NASA said that. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, okay. I actually um, fell asleep the other day to a YouTube video talking about the 13th sign. Oh. I put it on because I was like, I don't know why, because somebody was jumping off in my fucking comments about it so i and i was like why do people even care about this like this is so boring it's so boring. i don't even know how to pronounce it a fucus a fucus a fucus don't know don't a care like tr- a fuck obvious <laughs> <laughs> i yeah don't know don't care Truly. And I feel like people are surprised. People really want to go to you, or maybe this is just a me thing, right? They really think that you're going to jump to astrology's defense and are surprised when you're like, do what you want. Like, yeah, I don't care. Oh, yeah. My favorite thing is that person who gets super riled up and they're like, oh, excuse me. Like, so could you really verify for me that everyone born on the same day is going to have the exact same personality? Oh, my God. (laughs) And I'm like, nope. Nope. I can't. And they're like, oh, okay, so then how does it work? And I'm like, it's complicated. And they're like, do you really believe in it? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, what? <laughs> and, is- it's, and they get more and more agitated because it. they've had been taught that, I don't know, uh, making fun of astrology is cool totally. at some point down the line. Totally. When it really is fun, just right, like this is a whole other topic, right? But kind of the whole enlightenment value system. And it just short circuits their brain to come up with someone who's like, okay, but that's not how I'm engaging with this entire field, right? (laughs) It's very... Yes, yes. And I'm glad you mentioned the enlightenment era and way of thinking because to me that, you know, that's really where the break from astronomy and astrology was. Uh And it's also when we got into you know, we cultivated the scientific method, which obviously I'm grateful that I have antibiotics. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Right. But at the same time, you know, who was who was the one who was doing the scientific method? It was a very specific person from a very specific class with a very totally. specific intention. And they were also using that same methodology to justify a lot of the horrible, horrible, Awful inhumane things, things yes. they were doing. Yes. And it's crazy. I'm like, this is something right recently I've been reading more about, but just the idea, right? You kind of grow up thinking like, oh, astrology and like, you know, herbal medicine and all these things just naturally fell by the wayside because something better came along. Right. And to learn like, oh no, they were all kind of suppressed on purpose. Right. Right. Yeah. It really shakes, <laughs> shakes things up. Right. And yeah, yeah it really does. Yeah. Right. Where you sort of had already qualified, like astrology is outdated. Right. Herbal remedies are outdated. Acupuncture is outdated. Like we have new uh-huh. and improved ways of solving right. for this. It's like and you it's don't need this other stuff pharmaceuticals. anymore. Pharmaceuticals. Right. Because <laughs> there's a pharmaceutical company who's right. doing all this stuff for you instead. Right. And when you start looking at uh, why these methods are no longer 
uh, in fashion, so to speak, uh -huh. or like, you know, seen as the primary way of treating different things or approaching it, it really is because of the corporations. Right. And, you know, Procter & Gamble literally invented bad breath. People did not talk about bad breath before Procter & Gamble started making commercials that were like, whoopee you, you <laughs> in the morning. Like, and what they did is they made these commercials that made a connection to death because death smells bad. <gasps> your morning breath wow. smells bad. So they t had these very specific targeted advertisements um, in you know early days of broadcasting that alluded to one being closer to death should they have bad breath. Wow. Yes. And that is why we care about it. That's even why it's on our radar as something. Uh -huh. So, I mean, it, it, and it was ultimately, it's not, that's not a benevolence thing. That's a money thing. Right. You know, that's not like a Adam and Eve, like you're naked. <laughs> <laughs> you, your breast sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about uh, what we have upcoming, the Saturn and Pluto uh, conjunction and in Capricorn, January 12th. And the last time that that these connected was at, during the Reformation um, when the Catholic Church began to split and we had Protestantism coming out as one of the extensions of it. Um, and the Catholic Church was the entity that had the most power. It hold, held the resources, the money, everything. And today that is the corporations. Right. So I'm curious to see what the Saturn and Pluto connection is going to do. Totally. It's, yeah. Interesting it's, I'm time power-wise. <laughs> yeah. 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 So when does your book come out? Um, so it comes out in April, April 21st. Amazing. And where can we find you, find more of you, find your book? Can we pre-order it? You can pre-order it. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, any, anywhere, preferably not Amazon, though I get it that people have to. Um, yeah. Yes. Help us. Yeah, speaking of corporations. <laughs> yes, <laughs> debunk the corporations yeah. and dethrone them and bring them down by ordering your book somewhere else. From your <laughs> local indie bookstore. Yes. <laughs> um, and where can we find you? What is your website handle, et cetera? Um, so my website is clairecomstockgay.com, and my horoscopes are on the cut every Monday. Yeah, I'm Madam Clairvoyant on Twitter. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye.